Good afternoon. Welcome to my podcast for today. My name is Jeffrey Serrano Sanchez, and today we will be discussing about bilingualism and biliteracy in the schools. During my time looking for someone to interview about this topic, I decided to interview City Councilor Jonathan Paz. He had a lot to say about his experience being a trilingual person and had a past that was similar to most kids at his time. Struggling to learn English in the American school system as an L1 student, I could connect with him most of the time. I understood what he was going through and I felt the same way as being an L1 student learning English in America. I hope you connect with him also. I had a great time and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Johnson has a set of three questions. I asked him eight, but I'm going to cut it short for this podcast. I asked him the very first question was, how was your experience learning English in America? Second was, did you did learning English change you in some type of way? And how does bilingualism relate to your identity? And how was your experience learning English in America? Did you struggle? Was there any support during the time you were learning English? It was difficult because I was uh, there wasn't a real bilingual program at the school I was at. I think I was at the McCarthy, MacArthur School, elementary school. And it was amazing because they dedicated one teacher to me to make sure that I wouldn't fall behind. And by the end of the program, she, she taught herself Spanish and she taught me English. But that was a very difficult experience because it wasn't a very structured program and also I got picked on by kids right like I didn't yeah. know I was a new kid in class and I didn't know the language so it was a little bit difficult but I overall think I was fortunate to have the right educators who cared. Okay, and how, when learning English, did it change you in some type of way? Um, how you identify yourself or others, or learning in general in school, and or your cult- culture at home, did English change it somehow? I, I think it empowered me. It gave me a sense of identity and self-worth because I was technically born in this country, but I felt like I had a very Bolivian identity, you know? Uh, you're an outsider, but you technically belong here type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was able to navigate the school system a lot better. I was able to make new friends, uh, but I was also able to help my parents who were still struggling to learn the language, you know, and they were working two, three jobs nonstop, you know. Yeah. When you're in that routine, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to really dedicate yourself to learning a new language. So I was able to help my parents, you know, figure out certain government documents and make sure they wouldn't get <laughs> fall into scams. So it, it was definitely empowering. No. Oh. I think how do you how do you think bilingualism in your language relate to your identity? Um You know it's interesting. Uh, I would love to hear your your take on this by the way. I know you're interviewing me, but I think that's it's fine. I, I, either one is fine. I either, I can put anything, my voice into it or your voice into it. That it's an open podcast, so I get to put my voice if I want to. Obviously, I'm have to analyze it after. But if you yeah, want, yeah. you can ask me questions too. That's fine. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go first, but then I want to hear from you. Is that okay? That's perfectly fine. Okay. So I I think being bilingual um, was kind of like um, climbing a mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you're climbing and it's very hard and you don't know when you're at the top. But when you're at the top, you really know you're at the top and you can get a bird's eye view of everything around you. And that's how I feel about being trilingual. Uh, it was very difficult. You know, it's very difficult to keep your Spanish. It's very difficult to, you know, put in a new language in your But uh, I struggled through it and I took it very seriously. And I wrestled with it because I always felt like, um, you know, I was born in Boston, but I grew up in Bolivia and then raised in, in America again. So I never really fully belonged in Bolivia. I never really felt like I fully belonged here in the United States. But then I kind of realized when I was meeting all these different international, like more internationally minded people, that it really allowed me to connect a lot more to people. And, and I just learned to embrace it. Like I, I belong to the world. <laughs> I see. Which is a pretty unique thing to say. As you can see from his three responses to the question, Jonathan was no more or better than a normal student. He wasn't given the opportunity to grow like other students. He was bullied, and during his time at school, there were no English language programs available. He did, though, have a teacher who clearly cared for him and wanted him to succeed. I can say that I have my own teachers, all that would thank to this day, who gave me the confidence to grow and succeed. He did have his family, and clearly they were at one level. He had to go out of his way to help his parents with their English. Jonathan was their only way to connect them to this world. To be told to read or write something to his parents like important paperwork, any kid would struggle to read and translate content like that. And to focus on the same time learning a new language is so difficult. But when he finally grasped the ability to be bilingual, he said, It's like a feeling on top of a mountain that your connection to others is now open. Like you said, it wasn't easy. Sometimes in the process of learning a new language, you may leave behind the other. Then instead of becoming a monolingual to a bilingual, you became a monolingual to a monolingual. Jonathan Pat's story reminds me of a kid named Moises. In a video we watched, Moises was an English language learner who struggled to learn English because there was no resources around him that he could cho- that he could have access to that the school provided. He had to get an English dictionary on his own, and he had to use his peers around him to help him with problems and when the teacher was speaking in class. Similar to Jonathan Paz, he had to seek his own resources. He went to a public library and read books. He couldn't rely on his family because his family also didn't speak English and both didn't either. Obviously, they both had both two supportive teachers that wanted both of them to succeed. But there was no resources available for them at the time, no English language program to help them learn English. So they both struggled. And obviously, due to the fact that they weren't efficient enough in English, that they were bullied. They were bullied because they weren't able to speak English. And from this... Moises obviously failed the test in math, 
But with Jonathan Paz, he kept going and he survived. He was able to learn and become a very successful person. So when I see those two, they connect very well. But they both weren't grown up with the best opportunities and they both wanted to succeed. But so for some reason, something built in in our education system that prevented both of them from being the best possible students they And at the very end, I would say, what would I learn during this interview? I think I learned from this interview with Jonathan Paz that English language is a gift and should be cherished. But the real reason for learning is it is to defend yourself because in this world, racism and other stuff exists. And we use language to defend ourselves whenever we can. Um, he does touch upon this when I asked him the question, if an English student was struggling, what would you say to them? And to this, he did speak in Spanish. And I am going to keep it in Spanish since the content of the question is, what would you say to a person who is speaking and learning English? And he did speak it in Spanish, and I'm going to keep it in Spanish. Thank you so much for understanding. All my interviews, I, I ask, what would you say to someone that is struggling to learn English right now in the American system? What would you say to inspire them to keep going if they're stuck or they just don't want to keep to continue? Um, I would tell them in Spanish, but since we're talking English, um, you can put you could say it in Spanish that, if you like. I can translate it. Yeah, I mean. Vale la pena y es un regalo que te sigue dando, ¿me entiendes? Es como una, una bendición que siempre te va a dar fruto. Y no solamente con el inglés, pero el inglés es una, una mejor defensa. Que una, bueno, abre puertas, pero seriamente es una defensa porque en este país, con el racismo, con también la percepción que la gente tiene, uh, tenemos que defendernos de muchas cosas pero más importantemente tenemos que empoderarnos y tener ese conocimiento del lenguaje nos, nos puede abrir puertas en el trabajo pero también socialmente um, I think it's just a gift that keeps on giving and I think to our people, these Latin American people here in Waltham and, and across, the, across the country who maybe are economically disenfranchised and aren't able to really empower themselves by learning a language uh, I would encourage them because it opens doors and it keeps opening doors, uh, whether they are doors of friendship or doors to economic mobility. Knowing, knowing English and, and learning other languages is really how one day we will be able to attain world peace. And that's my conviction. <laughs> <laughs> and I thank you all for coming here in my podcast, listening to what he just said and taking in what he said and to understand and learn from it. Um, I, once again, thank you so much for being here. And my podcast is now over.